0: Chapter 10. Enter the sharpshooting Toreador. Word had gotten around how the gazebo collapsed. I didn't say a word. I assured Glenda of that. That day started a schism between Roxy and Glenda that was irreparable. There were the people who consoled Glenda and then those who wanted her to laugh at herself and get a sense of humour. It was funny. Sometimes I still chuckle to myself seeing her sail down with the circus tent and cussing as she walked away in what looked like a trapeze artist's costume. Admittedly, the hostess with mostess Monica was waning. Glenda was sure that Roxy had something to do with the news getting around and felt more than ever that she needed to stay close to those who supported her. Roxy was actively delivering on her promise to negotiate with the locals in a big way and people were really pleased. I had mentioned to Glenda that I was heading out to shop for vegetables and my usual store was closed. She wanted to prove to me that her ability to find the best produce was still second to none. Try the deli, she said. Okay, I said. I felt bad for her. I knew full well it was unlikely that I would find what I needed at a deli. After circling the town and finding no fresh veggies, I decided to include a look at the delicatessen. That way, I could at least tell Glenda that I had tried her idea. Sure enough, they had beautiful vegetables displayed in crates in front of an ancient wooden doors. How had I missed this place? Glenda was right. I pushed through the doors. Coming in from the bright sun, I could only see one man in what looked like a pool of light working behind the counter. Hold on, I thought. However, had I missed him? He was youthful, but rugged in a capable way. He looked up at me. Oh, my goodness. He lit up when he saw me. Buongiorno, he said. I was at a loss. I wish my Italian were better. Buongiorno, uh, vegetales, I I point outside. He quickly hurries around the counter. I understood from his Italian that this place was also his restaurant, and he is a chef. He gives me his number to make a reservation. I'm interested, but we can't really converse. He has no English and I have no Italian. I pop outside through the wooden doors with Matteo. He is now calling me Caterina. He helps me to my car with the veggies. I leave with a little fantasy of being amongst sunflowers with him. I laugh at myself, thinking he's most probably married with two kids. When I thanked Linda for the referral, she smiled. It's such a special place. Glad you found something. I'll say I did. How could you never have mentioned the dish behind the counter? What do you mean? It's always been an old lady when I've gone in. On a cool spring evening, I made a reservation for Mateo's restaurant and brought Glenda with me. I needed a buffer, and Glenda was always up for a night out. It had rained most of the day, and we were the only ones there. In the corner of the restaurant. Matteo had a nice, blazing fire to warm the room. Frank Sinato was playing. Finally, someone who has some culture, I thought. This man must have travelled outside of Bova. So many restaurants in the area just did not understand ambiance. Often you sat with the fluorescent lighting, leaving no atmosphere for you to dine on the stark tables. But I was truly relaxed for the first time in quite a while. The great food arrives, the best calamari, local wine, super fresh snapper with roasted artichokes. The wine was his family Locale wine. His grandparents had started a vineyard and taught the family how to prepare their own wine. This is an Italian tradition. It is a must order if you travel to Italy. Travel note, and this is the only one you will get from me. Always try the Locale. By the end of the meal, Glenda and I are rosy and Matteo has become much more of an attraction. Through Matteo's broken Italian-English mix, we learn that Matteo had been an Olympian in shooting. he had also lived in Rome, working as a sous chef. He decided to come back home as he saw his parents getting older and decided to open the restaurant. He's not married, but had a girlfriend who was killed in a motor accident. Ah, I thought, how sad. This guy needs a good woman to heal his heart. Sappy, but it was the thought that went through my mind. Hmm, was he playing me? After cleaning up in the kitchen, he comes out and sits with us with a new bottle of Locale. As the night progresses and Frank Sinatra croons, I can feel that he's leaning closer to me. Glenda excuses herself and heads to the loo. Matteo grabs me for a kiss. I will visit your villa, he says. I smile. Is this really happening? Okay, I say. The three of us end up in a nearby coffee bar for a limoncello. As Glinda heads to the car, Matteo turns me around and kisses me again. Passionate Italians. The next day, Matteo kept his promise. He shows up at my villa. I open the door and he sweeps in like a toreador to a bullring and proceeds the fight, but not to the death. We start dating. The blonde foreigner and the Olympic sharpshooter we become an item worthy of conversation. Mateo was famous for his time as an Olympian. His shooting skills were of some renown in the area. And boy, did I feel safe as I went about town buying my groceries or shopping for flowers. I began to notice that the other residents were eyeing our comings and goings. No one says anything specific, but little glances, nods, winks. Oh yes, they were watching. Matteo wanted to cook for my neighbours and we had a barbecue. I decorated my back patio with lights and hung world flags for each nationality in the oasis. Some guests brought housewarming presents. The Irish, not to miss a joke, brought me a lawn gnome. It's an elf, one of them exclaimed. I see, but maybe it's a gnome, not an elf, I say. Mateo rushes forward and grabs it. For the garden, he says. One of the Danes leaned in to whisper to me. They think your Matteo might be an elf. Er, uh, what? No. There Matteo stood holding the lawn Gnome. I whisk it away and take it outside. He is none the wiser and smiles happy to have visitors and play the host. The elf is out of here first thing tomorrow, I think. We had a great evening and Matteo truly is a genius with cooking. He is the perfect host rushing around, making sure that everyone has a drink and nibbles before the meal. The neighbours eat heartily and it is a beautiful evening. That being said, someone had the bad taste to mention that they heard there was some broadening mafia ties with the owner who disappeared. In front of everyone, Matteo said, Why do you say that? There is no mafia here. Dumbstruck, we were all quiet, uncomfortable in the silence. Oh no, maybe not, I say. Glenda chimes in. The locals have worked to make sure that this area runs very smooth without such elements. Mateo nods. Truth is, I don't know what she was saying, nor what it actually meant. I was just grateful someone said something. Luckily, everyone changed the subject. I poured more wine for everyone and played some music. After the party, I laid in bed next to Matteo. I couldn't stop my mind racing. I suppose the Mafia would really like to enlist an Olympic-quality sharpshooter. Of course they would. Maybe he declined all offers to be able to take care of his family. Yes, that must be it. Maybe he went to Rome to escape them. I drifted to sleep.